You're listening to the Goal Line Stand Podcast with Jackson Caudell and Kobe Reed, where we break down all things college football, including breaking news, recruiting, gameplay, and more. Let's get straight to it. Welcome back to our weekend preview edition of the Goal Line Stand podcast. This is Jackson Caldell. That is Kobe Reed. We are getting you set for the best preview of the biggest games this weekend. Kobe, it's Friday. Saturday's almost here. How you doing, man? Doing good, brother, man. We've got a good slate of games this weekend. It's going to be really interesting. We've got some good matchups out in the Big 12. Got a couple SEC matchups that are going to be very entertaining to watch. So we got a good group of games this weekend. What if I'd have told you our week one preview – that the weekend of Oklahoma, Texas, that there would be a game at noon in the Big 12 that would overshadow it, and it would involve Kansas. There's a ranked matchup in the Big yeah. 12 at noon, and Texas, Oklahoma is not it. That is just – I was thinking, like, I was doing stuff yesterday. I was thinking there's like a 0.1% chance I would have thought that at the beginning of the year. Like, there, it's just cra- crazy how – how, and it's weird. We're half. We're almost half. We're, after this weekend, we're halfway through the season. Like, I don't want to say it, but <sighs> it's, it's, it's flying by, man. Yeah, but um, no real big news to touch on. There are some games tonight. You know, we're not going to get real sicko mode here and go give you an in-depth preview of Nebraska Rutgers because we talked about it before the show. I don't know who wins that game. I have no idea. Like, no, that, no. honestly, I will pick Rutgers because they're at home because I trust Nebraska like zero, but we'll get into it, but. We'll start off at, with the noon slate tomorrow. I think the noon slate may be the best slate of games all day. Like I think I think it's gonna the day's gonna start off good. Tennessee and LSU. So this year I've had like a gut feeling about certain games where I've wanted to pick a certain team and I didn't do it and I regretted it. I wanted to pick Florida to beat Utah, even though I had Utah in the playoff. There were some other instances where I just told I tried to talk myself into it and I couldn't do it. I want to pick LSU really bad because Death, even though it's not at night, Death Valley's an incredibly hard place to play. I think Tennessee is trying to set next week up to be like the revival of Tennessee. Like it, next week is we have to win that game. It's in yeah. Knoxville. They're not Bama's obviously elite, but they they hey, they look a little gettable, especially in the secondary. Maybe Bryce Young doesn't play. Doubtful, but we'll see. I, I can just see Tennessee overlooking LSU a little bit. I think this game's going to be really close. I, I don't trust LSU secondary. I think it's bottom line. If you made me pick a Heisman winner right now, I honestly would give it to Hendon Hooker. I I just think Tennessee's just too explosive. I, I think LSU will be able to run the ball a little bit on them. I think it'll be close, but give me Tennessee. Too many explosive plays. Uh, I told you before the season, Tennessee looks legit this year. I've, I've been high on Tennessee since the offseason this year. Tennessee – they play very sound offensively, and I love to see that. Josh Heupel is totally just turned it around. Hendon Hooker is that guy. You got Cedric Tillman. You got Brew McCoy. Their offense is very, very explosive, and I think we've mentioned it a couple times in the show. This LSU secondary just – it's not like they're just atrocious, but it's one of the weaker, like, typical LSU secondaries. You know what I'm saying? Uh, their pass rush is really, really good. I love Ojalari. They got some guys in that front seven that can make a lot of good plays. But I think what it comes down to is I don't trust LSU's offense by any means. Uh, Kayshawn Butte, he hasn't done what he needed to do. 
Jaden Daniels, I mean, what you see is what you're going to get. He's probably going to be running for his life, and that's the only sign of life that offense will have. Um, it's just the LSU's offense just isn't it. And even if it gets into a shootout, I will bet all the money in the world on Tennessee. Tennessee can put up points. Uh, we saw it against Florida. Even if somebody can keep up with them or even if they have a running quarterback extending plays, uh, so on and so forth, Tennessee can still find ways to score. And Hendon Hooker is playing very efficient football. I don't think he's throwing an interception this season. Uh, yeah, he's been fantastic. I mean, and just from a numbers perspective and then just I, when I try to do like who I'd pick for the Heisman, I also try to factor in, okay, if you take him off his team, how good are they? Tennessee's a seven-win team at best with Hendon Hooker, and like that's yeah. I think Bryce Young is right behind him. Like, I still think they can Alabama can beat most teams. Like Jalen Milrow could start this weekend, and they're not losing a And then we'll get to that in a little bit. But I just think Hendon Hooker is so invaluable to his team. I think if I'm not mistaken, Cedric Tillman's going to be back this weekend. I mean, yeah. one of the best receivers in the SEC. Again, I'm uneasy about it because I do think LSU's flying all the loves on Tennessee, all the loves on Tennessee. And, you know, we're getting ready for the Tennessee-Alabama game next week. Next week's a massive slate of games, not just Tennessee-Alabama. Yeah. But um, I just think in the end, yeah, I don't I don't trust Jaden Daniels in, in that offense. I, they've actually been running the ball a lot better than I think we think. They had like 200 yards in so many games, I think, before the Auburn game, which I know they probably weren't really playing anybody. And I also – I value Mississippi State really high still. I think they're a really good team. And LSU beat them. And, they, they I mean, that game was close all the way. But I do think that that's a really good win. Um, I think this could be an upset spot, but just Tennessee. Uh, I'm going to go with Tennessee. I was about to say, they got the line at Tennessee minus three. You think they cover? Yeah, I think they will. I think it'll be a seven-point win. That's I think so. I think I think it'll be a tight game going into the fourth quarter, and then I think Tennessee will hit a couple of enough explosive plays um, to win that game. But I agree. TCU and Kansas are top twenty matchup. I, I mean, I'm super excited for this game. I think it's going to mm. be a, a, this is going to be your old school Big Twelve shootout right here. I think yeah. Max Dugan. I won't get too hot takey about this. He should at least be on the surface of the Heisman conversation. I mean, the dude's been putting up numbers. I mean, had over 300 yards passing, over 100 yards rushing last week, and they demolished Oklahoma. I mean, that it was 55-24, I think, was final score. It wasn't that close. Like, they uh, TCU took their foot off the gas in the second half. Yeah. Um, they, they've been a really solid team all year, uh, especially offensively. I'm a little con- concerned about their defense and then – there's not much to much else I can say about Kansas. Like this season's already a success. I know they've started out five and zero, but had a win total at two and a half this year. Everybody knows about Kansas. Everybody, they're America's team, I guess is is what I'll say. And yep. college game day is going to be there for the first time ever, as they should. Jalen Daniels is going to start for me in, in fantasy football, college fantasy tomorrow <laughs> with Dylan Gabriel on the bench. I had to go get my guy. All week I told myself this is where it ends. This is probably where it ends because, honestly, I think TCU is the most impressive team in the Big 12 right now. But when Kansas goes down, so will I. I'm going with the Jayhawks still. I, I'm going to ride this until I just I can't no more. <laughs> I, I don't – I just think they're going to get enough stops. Not a lot, enough. I think they win 48, 44, something like that. I, give me the Jayhawks. I'm going to ride this out till it ends. Uh, I said last week. Iowa State would beat Kansas. I was just really high on the, on the Cyclones. Kansas squeaked by that game. This isn't a game you can squeak by. Tennessee, Max Duggan, all those boys, they're playing phenomenal 
football. Give me TCU. I hate it. I love seeing the Jayhawks doing good. They are America's team. The world is a better place when Kansas football is thriving. But give me TCU in this game. I think they got the line right now at TCU minus six and a half. Um, I'm going to take that because I think TCU is so high-powered offensively, and they're going to rely on that heavy. Um, in Kansas, I mean, we saw it last week. If they're not – if they're not throwing the ball well, they're not going to put up a lot of points. They squeezed by last week. I will you know say Iowa State's defense is very good. Their offense is bad, but they're, yeah. I'll say Iowa State's defense is much better than TCU's. Well, either way, that's no excuse for your star quarterback to only get, what, like 96 passing yards or something yeah, like I that? Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Like, I, that's just not going to fly versus a team like TCU. Granted, I don't think TCU's defense is what Iowa State's defense is, but TCU's offense is way better than Iowa State's defense. Give me TCU, and I think they covered the spread. Man, watching TCU last week, you know, we talked a lot in the in our Big 12 preview about Quentin Johnson being one of the best receivers in the country, and he is. They've got like four dudes on there that, that can go up and get the ball. That's a, that's a seriously deep receiving core, and I could see a couple of those guys playing in the league, but – I think TCU kind of put everybody on notice last week. I, I still will caution and say it's possible Oklahoma just sucks. Like, I, I'll just throw yeah. that out there because they've been really bad the last two weeks. And Oklahoma, the one thing I held against them those first few weeks is they weren't playing anybody. And then yeah. it's kind You're of right. the truth here. I think it's just – I think the Big 12, there's just a lot of good teams. I don't think there's, a, like, a terrible team in the Big 12. I think West Virginia is probably near the bottom. Oklahoma currently is – I would put at the bottom, but – Big 12 is fun, man. Every week there's just yep. a lot of games, and it just speaks to what I we talked about at the beginning of the year. We both said Big 12 champs probably have two, three losses. I mean, it's just they're but, probably I mean, even matched. Let's, let's just talk about this real quick. What, what does this look like for Texas and Oklahoma? I mean, we had these teams before this – we had these teams before the season up on the pedestal of the Big 12. They're about to come to the SEC. They're going to show what show what uh, they're bringing to the SEC, blah, blah, blah. Right now, you got Kansas over Oklahoma and Texas. What does that do for Oklahoma and Texas? Because you can't come into the SEC with that. How does that make them look? I'll, I'll be harsher on Oklahoma because, like, the way they've looked the past two weeks, the reason I'll give Texas a slight pass is I don't know if you watched any of that Texas Tech game. That game was as fluky as you're going to get. Texas dominated that game yeah. pretty much the whole way. They had turnovers deep in their own territory. T- Texas Tech scored and went into overtime. And then, like, you can make the argument if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, they possibly – I mean, they were step for step with Alabama and, like, had yeah. the ropes. So, like, we, I, if you told me Texas was going to be three and two heading into this game, I probably said, I can see it. I wouldn't have picked them to lose to Texas Tech, and they shouldn't have, but – I could have seen it. Oklahoma to me is extremely more disappointing because yeah. just the way they've looked, and like, it's kind of a must-win for both teams. Um, and while are we, I, giving, I like, are we giving Oklahoma the pass because Brent Venables first year as a head coach? No, no absolutely. <laughs> all, all, all this talk I've heard all off-season, Oklahoma fans will. I don't know if y'all have noticed, but Lincoln Riley, this program's getting soft. The way we yeah. play defense, everything like this program's just it's starting to rot inside. We we need toughness. We need physicality. We we need all this. I heard all that, and I was like, yep. okay, maybe you're maybe you're right. I doubt you are, but maybe you're right. Yeah, their defense is worse. Like this is, I, I won't say it's the worst because a couple of Lincoln Riley's defenses were really bad. But I mean, t- TCU had nearly 500 yards and 41 points in the first half. 
Yeah. TCU is good, but they're not that good. <laughs> like there, yeah. There's just no reason for that. And like and even if Dylan Dylan Gabriel got hurt and it was thirty four to ten. So there's no excuse for that. I mean Yeah. And then Kansas State, I mean they they're they're the beginners of the Adrian Martinez revival all of a sudden. Like that I mean Texas Kansas State dominated them on the line of scrimmage, like just physically bullied them. And I'm Right now, I, I, things can change obviously because Oklahoma does have blue chip talent. But I mean, there's they look like seven and five to me. Like, they're looking like they're heading for the Holiday Bowl. So since we're already talking about it, they got Texas right now at minus eight and a half. What do you mm-hmm. think? Who do you think comes out on top of this game? Texas. I, I was going to say I'm going to put my cards on the table, and I'm sure this won't come back to bite me in any way because it's Texas. With Ewers healthy, I think this team is the best team in the Big Twelve right now. I, I trust them. They out. One, they were Their step defense is very physical, man. I, hey, love, I love seeing it. That's what I was going to say. Like, they were step for step with Bama. And, like, that's not one of those, like, okay, Bama's bad. Bama's elite. I think Bama's the best team in the country still. I would have voted yeah. them number one this past week. Like, and they've dominated every game statistically the rest of the way. Like, yeah, they turned the ball over and had some fluky plays against Texas Tech. But I think right now, Texas is the most complete team in the Big 12 with viewers back. If Hudson Card's right. in there, you're susceptible to some more losses because, I mean, he kind of cost him in that Texas Tech game. But like, give me and Texas. Also, I mean, the points here. we saw what Bijan Robinson did to these boys last year. I mean, if Casey Thompson isn't Casey Thompson and they don't bring in um, Caleb Williams, I mean, Texas had this game at least in the first half. Did they score like 28 points in the first quarter or something? Yeah, like the Texas was flowing. First play of the game, Xavier Worthy takes a screenplay 80 yards. I mean, Texas has playmakers. Now they got if they have Quinn Ewers back, even if they don't, even if they if it's just Hudson Card, I think they still got better quarterback play than they had last year. I think Sark has learned from his mistakes a little bit, and you got a defense that's playing physical. Give me Texas. I like them to cover that eight and a half spread. I do too. Like, and if you start off zero and three in the Big Twelve, if you're Oklahoma, I mean you're done. Yeah. I mean you're not because TCU's going to be up here. Like you'd have to have TCU lose four games. TCU might fall off a little bit, but they're not losing four games probably. Also, I didn't know Oklahoma's 0-4 against the spread this year. That's mm-hmm. kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's – well, did, did they, didn't they cover against Nebraska? They had to have. No, I think they – hold on, let me check. Because I think they had the spread a lot bigger. Okay, I might be wrong on that one, but – Yeah, I'm going to check real quick. Yeah, well, and I... – I mean, this is must win. I think kind of for both teams. And I think this is the first yeah. time Oklahoma – I don't remember the last time both teams were unranked, do you? Because usually nah. Oklahoma ranked. Oklahoma was up there You can always. trust Oklahoma to be yeah. ranked. But, yeah, I, I like Texas. I think the – I don't think Texas is perfect, but I think with viewers back, if he's truly healthy, which he's had about a month yeah. to get right. I think and also, I think Sark really needs this game. You need to beat Oklahoma – they are in wounded animal mode right now. Texas has to beat Oklahoma. If Sark finds a way to lose this game, they're going to be calling for his head in Austin, Texas. Like, it's not going to be good. Are we ready to do another Texas coach and search? <laughs> no, and I I don't think – you can't put him on the hot seat. Sark and Texas – it's one of those things where Texas thinks they can just find an overnight solution. Like, they will filter in coaches – Give somebody more than two or three years to get something started. I mean, you already got recruiting coming in. You got NIL to your advantage. You got Arch Manning coming in, who's the second coming of Jesus, you would think. So 
Give him at least three or four years to get it rolling. Let Arch get a year in in the system. And if nothing's progressing, nobody's developing, then call it quit. But for right now, year two, they just – they got to give somebody some time. Yeah. And especially well, you don't want to go into the SEC with a new head coach. You, you do not want to do that. You want that to be an established program. By the yeah. Way. And you've got some time to do that. I mean, next year to me is the was the year I had marked down as the Texas breakout. It wasn't this year. Yeah. Like, I like what I've seen from Texas, and this is about what I, about what I expected. But I agree. This next game is a clash between me and you personally. My Mississippi State Bulldogs, your Arkansas Razorbacks, like – one of us is going to be right about this. I'll say this. I worry about Arkansas being worn down a little bit. Like, yeah. you had Cincinnati, who might be the best group of five team in the country. You had them first game. And then you've had Texas A&M. You had Alabama last week and didn't have somebody. They, I don't count South Carolina. But they, they've had three really tough games. And just and we're not even halfway through the season already. Mississippi State just they, – they whooped Texas A&M last week. Will Rogers, I think, is the second. Or the he's one of the three best quarterbacks in the SEC, right after Bryce Young and Hendon Hooker. Um, I don't care what Georgia fans say about that, but Will Rogers is really good. George, the, the Mississippi State defense to me is even more impressive. And like I said, I, I just think Arkansas is worn down here. I, yeah, I don't fully trust him because Mike Leach drops weird games every now and then, everywhere he's been. But I'm fully comfortable picking Mississippi State to win this, and maybe comfortably as well. Yeah, I'm going to have to go Mississippi State. I mean, we saw KJ Jefferson get banged up a little bit last week. Their passing game is atrocious. I yeah. can't remember what game it is. They beat um, – let me check. They beat somebody, and I think we were talking about it. It might have been uh, South Carolina. They beat South Carolina, and KJ Jefferson only threw maybe 170 uh, passing yards. Like, at that point, I questioned what's going on. Maybe they just didn't open up the playbook, blah, blah, blah. But last week we saw it against Alabama. Their passing game is atrocious. They don't have Traylon Burks anymore. Jaden Hazelwood hasn't stepped up. Matt Landers hasn't stepped up. You can't rely on the running game every single play, especially against a team like Mississippi State who's going to air it out against the worst secondary in the SEC. So I got Mississippi State. I like them to cover. I think they got it at Mississippi State minus nine right now. I think they do end up covering that. If Arkansas just comes out and plays physical and starts running it down their throats, fine. That wouldn't surprise me. But I just don't see Arkansas making enough big plays to win. Do you do you see? Are you more of a believer that Mississippi State is a legitimate threat, not to maybe win the West, but like okay, if could they possibly upset Alabama or Georgia? Because they got both of them. No, because I don't think they have the personnel to do so. I think the talent, I think the talent differential is way different. The scheme and everything's perfect. My leech has them rolling. Like if you're gonna beat Bama, every look at every team that's beaten Bama majority of the time. You got a quarterback that can air it out and can extend plays. I think Will Rogers can do that. If you put Mississippi State up against Kentucky right now or Florida right now or any of those teams right now, yeah, I like Mississippi State big. But I, the fact I just that don't think they have the personnel. Mississippi State is is it makes me so mad, but continue. Yeah, it's just Mississippi State, they got a great system. They're playing very well. I just don't see them having the talent personnel to be able to overcome a Georgia or an Alabama. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and like I point, I, I, I didn't pick them to beat Georgia. I said that was the trickiest spot to me for them because it's yeah. sandwiched in between a couple games. It's in Starkville. And I think if Mississippi State hits some big plays and got them behind, like especially these last couple of weeks, we've seen Georgia kind of fool around and turn the ball over. But um, – We'll get to that game, obviously, later. But we both like the Bulldogs here. 
let's get in to the to it's ACC Coastal Madness this week. Duke, Georgia Tech. Um, I'll I'll start off here. Obviously, as the Georgia Tech guy, like you're looking for two straight wins. That's something that hasn't happened since 2018. Um, Jeff oh, Collins wow. never did it. Yeah, it's Duke is playing really well right now. I'll say this. When you look at Duke's wins, they're not great. Like it's NCA and T, um, Temple, Northwestern, and I, I told you in the preseason Virginia was going to be bad, and they're really yeah. bad. Um, I, I've I've battled this all week. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something I haven't done all year, and I'm gonna pick Georgia Tech to win this game. It's at home. I think their defense can do enough to slow down this Duke running game, and they come at you like they've got three guys that's already over like 200, 300 yards. Like that. their quarterback can run too, Riley Leonard. He's one of the, I think more, been one of the more underrated players in the ACC. Yeah. But this Georgia Tech defense kind of found something last week. Turn they forced three turnovers. They stopped. Pitt was leading the ACC in rushing. They really slowed them down. I don't trust the offense. That's what scares me. But Duke is, I think, in the bottom half of the ACC in rushing defense. So I think that'll at least allow Georgia Tech to line up and do what they want to do. You weren't going to do that against Pitt last week. Pitt has the second best defensive line in the ACC. So that just wasn't going to be able to happen. Jeff Sims is going to have to play better. You can't go 11 of 26. I know it was raining last week, but still, like yeah. several of those passes were drop passes for Pitt. Like Pitt could have easily had like four interceptions last week. So, yeah. I'm obviously not comfortable with it. It's hard to be comfortable picking Georgia Tech to do anything right now, but I think Brent Key finds a way to get get to two and zero, get another win. They'll be three and three if they win this, and they got Virginia on a Thursday night coming up. Like there, there's a chance to get to four and three here. But long story short, I like the Yellow Jackets to win this game. It's going to be close though. I I've seen a lot of Georgia Tech people very confident they're going to beat Duke by double digits. This ain't the same yeah. Duke team. Like this ain't this ain't the same Duke team. Hey, man, I've never done it before. Give me my yellow jackets, baby. Yes, sir. I think they got they got Duke at minus three and a half right now, which is – I think it's realistic. But also, if Georgia Tech can come out and play physically on defense the same way they played Clemson at the beginning of this year, because Clemson, they weren't firing on all cylinders, and Georgia Tech was trying to play physical, trying to keep up. If you can do that against a team like Duke – I think you I think you got a good chance of winning. I mean, you had Asan Hall last week break out. Jeff Sims, he's going to get his rushing he's going to get his rushing yards. If you can find a guy to make plays at the receiver position and Jeff Sims can take care of the football, I think this could be a Georgia Tech W, man. Do you also know why they're winning? Because our guy Luke Carney is going to be there in Atlanta this weekend. Yeah. Like they can't lose. Like they're not going to lose that. He was there for the Western Carolina game. They won. There he's gonna be here for Dude, the day. If it comes down to it, yeah. put Luke in some pads, let him go out there for a couple yes, plays. Sir. You know what I'm saying? We know it's gonna happen. We know <laughs> it's gonna happen. But yeah. Another game in the coastal, uh, one that I have absolutely no idea what's gonna happen is North Carolina, Miami. Um <sighs> I'm I, I don't I'm, know I don't know what to do with this game. I, I don't I don't either because like I don't think Miami's as bad as they looked, but I'm also like scared to say that they're I don't I don't know because that was an awful performance. It wasn't like they got a fluky upset. They got their ass kicked against Middle Tennessee State. And I don't know. I the one unit I trust in the entire ACC coastal, and it's hard to, but North Carolina's offense. I, I trust them they to put are up good. Drake May's yeah. best quarterback in the ACC. Like yeah. I think he's one of the four or five best in the country. Like I'm I'm willing to go that far. Um yeah. And give me North Carolina in this one. I, I just – I don't – even though North Carolina's defense is not good and, like, 
you know, leading up to the game against Notre Dame, Notre Dame could score on anybody. And then all of a sudden they found it against North, North Carolina. Maybe that happens for Miami. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just Miami. I, there is no reason to pick Miami, in my opinion. And Miami's favorite in this game, which is what scares me about this. Is they're favored yeah. by nearly two points. What do they know that we don't know? I, but if you would have told me at the beginning of the season, North Carolina would have been top 10 in points scored per game, top 10 in total yards per game, top 15 in passing yards per game. I don't know if I would have believed you, but give me North Carolina, man. Their offense, Drake May, they're playing phenomenal football, but that defense is so trash. I mean, you, oh my gosh, you could walk some 10th grade JV football players out there and it still wouldn't make a difference. It would have been the same defense all the way around. But also with that being said, Miami's offense can't get nothing going. Like, I don't trust Miami's offense. The one thing I'll say here, they did run for 190 or something like that on A&M, which is is a pretty good front seven. That's North Carolina's weakness is their run defense. Like, I could – Tyler Van Dyke may not – he is going to start tomorrow. He may not even have to do anything. I I mean, if if Miami's able to just run it for five, six yards at a time and slow this game down, that's how I see them winning this game, but – I, I don't trust that. I mean, I, I don't know how you can, but. No, nope, I don't either. Give me UNC. I think UNC covers. I think they're the best team in the Coastal. Like, Clemson is going to win the ACC. I think if there was a team, and maybe I talked about this in, in, in a previous episode, but if there's one team, if, if North Carolina can just get somewhat better on defense, I think North Carolina could score on Clemson probably. Yeah. They would have the best quarterback in that game, so. Yeah, uh, give me North Carolina. The result of that, I mean, whoever wins that game is going to have a big leg up in that division. But um, let's move it out west to the Pac-12 ranked matchup. This is a huge two weeks for Utah. And obviously people haven't been watching because they've been playing on the Pac-12 network nearly every week. They've rolled everybody um, since they lost that fluky game to Florida. And yes, it was fluky. But um, or I will say Oregon State, and I have to defend the Beavers here, that – that game was close heading into the fourth quarter, and then the turnover city happened. So the score is a little worse than same. I went back and watched that game after, on, I think, Monday just to see what happened. But UCLA yeah. obviously coming in with a lot of confidence, beating Washington. That offense looks really good right now. And I, I was actually impressed with UCLA's defensive line. Like They were able to, to get some critical sacks on Michael Penix Jr., who was, I mean, playing as well as anybody in the country heading into yeah. that game. I'm I'm going with the Bruins. Like I know I picked Utah to go to the playoff. That was obviously yeah. in the preseason. I, I like UCLA to score here. This isn't your typical Utah defense. It's good, but it's not like extremely physical. They don't really their their secondary is questionable. Like I like UCLA in this game. Uh, I've been high on Utah since the preseason. I actually had it was between Utah and USC to win the Pac-12. I think I did end up picking Utah. Um, I mean, their defense is still 11th in the country in points allowed. I mean, their defense is good. I like Cam Rising. I trust that uh, Utah has the better quarterback here in this situation. Utah, just as a unit, they just always impress me. I mean, even against against Florida. I mean, playing in the swamp, that's hard to do. It was a flip of the ball either way. But they, as a unit, Utah plays really good, sound football. Give me Utah because UCLA, they got a big win last week. But I think we also said last week, UCLA hasn't taken that step, and every time you think that they're going to be something, they're not. They're just pedestrian. They're mediocre. They're not necessarily t- horrid or terrible. But give me Utah. I trust. I trust them as a unit more than I trust UCLA. Does the winner of this game deserve to be labeled Pac-12 favorite? If UCLA no. wins, I mean, Washington and Utah back-to-back weeks. 
No, because USC is still out there. I mean, USC, say what you want about them. They're still winning. They're finding ways to win. Even in hard-fought games, they're still winning. They're still, we've seen them blow teams out. We've seen them get in close battles and still pull it out. Good teams find a way to win games. I mean, I can't definitively put either of them over USC right now, but it's the same with USC. I don't know if I'll put USC over Utah right now. So I think the more, the deeper we get into the season, we'll be able to de- determine that answer. Yeah, I mean, it's Pac-12 and the Big 12 are similar. There, there's good teams in there, which I, the, the bad thing is the Pac-12 has Colorado in it, so it can say it has a yeah. terrible team. Let's get to to your game. We're heading towards the primetime slate here. It, literally, I, you know how we were talking about the Texas-Oklahoma-TCU-Kansas, how it was just funny that this is the noon game we all care about? Imagine after the Jimbo Nick Saban whatever you wanted to call that over the summer, everybody, uh, October 8th, mark that on your calendars. Game day is going to be there. Both going to be undefeated, top five matchup, battle for the West. And game day is actually going to be in Kansas this weekend. And Alabama's a 25-point favorite. And I'll I'll be brief. They're going to smack Texas A&M in the face. I thought this before Texas A&M looked bad. Alabama is going to be so fired up. One, they'll remember what happened last year. And then the war of words between them this – I don't care if Bryce Young plays. Yeah. This game is going to be ugly. It's going to be bad. 45 to 7. As much as I want to agree with you, and I want to see that happen, I want you to be right. For once in the entire show, I want you to be right. But I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit simply because even if Bryce Young does play, there's going to be a change in the offense. If he doesn't play, there's definitely going to be a change in the offense. I trust Jalen Milrow. I think Jalen Milrow could go – could go start at any power five score right now. You put Jalen Milrow on this Georgia team right now, imagine. Just imagine. Jalen Milrow is a very good quarterback. He's developed very, very well. It's just I don't trust Bill O'Brien. I, it's not that we don't have the players to do it. Clearly we do. I don't trust Bill O'Brien. I mean, I've been harping on him all season. I've been harping on him since the end of last season. He has to call the right plays. We got the players. I mean, clearly Jameer Gibbs best running back in the SEC. And behind him, we got Jace McClellan, Roy Dell Williams. We got wide receivers. We got speed emerging. We got JoJo Earl back. We got Isaiah Bond. We got Kobe Princess, Ja'Cory Brooks, Trayshawn Holden, all those boys. I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit. I think we win. I think we win by double digits. But for us to be a minus 24 right now, I don't see it unless we just pull away in the second half because A&M's defense, they're not slouches, and they're going to have a chip on their shoulder as well. I like Alabama to win, but I don't think they cover that 24. That's that's going to be very hard to do, especially without Bryce Young. To me, the only way I don't see Bama covering, in my opinion, is if they get up early and then, hey, we got Tennessee next week. Let's, yeah. let's pull it back a little bit. Let's 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 rein it back. But I, Haynes King's playing tomorrow. Like Max Johnson's hurt, and Haynes yeah. King has to play. Like, but no. also, I'm not I'm not going to sleep on Devon A. Chain either because he tore us up last year. Special teams offense. Yep. I the said it would be the bulk of their offense. Yeah, yeah. I said it'd be forty-five to seven. He'll score the only touchdown. Yeah, he'll break off a run at some point. He'll he'll have a nice twenty-three carries for like eighty yards, and one carry is going to be for like thirty-five yards for a touchdown. Hey, but I am willing to guarantee that we either get a defensive or special teams touchdown this week. That is my prediction. Probably. Like I. I that there's this game to me is this just not all that interesting to be honest. I and I I would have never thought that at the beginning of the year, but yeah. 
also in prime time, a game we actually didn't discuss pre-show, and actually it kind of it, it come to my attention. Florida State, NC State, the battle of teams that had oh, wow. breaking losses last weekend. Um, th- this is very important for for both teams. It's it's at NC State. Yeah. Florida State obviously come up short against Wake Forest. NC State battled with Clemson, come up on the wrong end of that. I, I like actually I, I like Florida State to go in there and win this game. Let's go. I, I know they're a little bit beat up right now, but. I, I trust them a little bit more to get off the mat. I, Devin Leary's yeah. not been good this year. I mean, yeah. like just – and it's not just the Clemson game. I, I don't trust their offense. I think, you know, and if Florida State wins this, you set up a showdown in Tallahassee next weekend with Clemson coming to town. Um, yeah. And we'll get into that next week. But I, I like the Seminoles here, actually. Yeah, give me my Knowles, man. Like, yeah, I had NC State. They were my preseason playoff pick. Clearly that is not happening. But also I've been very high on Mike Norvell. I love what Florida State's doing this year. Seeing them have so much early success this year. Yeah, they had a loss against Wake Forest last week. They also had injuries. I don't see that as an excuse, but it does impact the game. Give me Florida State here because I think Florida State, the way their offense is, they got three guys that can run the ball and easily get 100 yards. Mm -hmm. I mean, NC State's defense is no slouch, but the way Florida State functions their offense, if QB can take care of the football, I mean – the running game is going to take over that game. And then not only that, they got a six foot seven man child out at receiver. They got to, they got to use him more and more and more. And they got to use the playmakers they have on the outside. I like Florida state, their defense, their front seven, they're playing good football better than I thought they would give me Florida state big. Two more games to go here. I guess let's start, go back to the pac 12 Washington state, USC, USC, you're going to be a 13-point favorite. And that, that did surprise me just a little bit. Like, Washington State's been a really tough team this year. I mean, they, they yeah. could have beat Oregon a couple weeks ago. They really put it on Cal. I don't know how much credit you want to give them for going on the road and beating Wisconsin right now, but they did do that. Um, Cam Ward's yeah. been pretty well these past couple of weeks. But USC's main thing is I just don't think Washington State has a running game to beat USC. Like, to me, you're going to have to be able to run the ball and, and get physical with USC. I think their secondary is actually a little bit better than I, I gave it credit for at the beginning of the season. Yeah. But their front seven I still have questions about. But Washington State's just not the team that's going to expose USC's weaknesses. Uh, USC can get off the bus and score 30 to 40 on just about anybody they play because of their yeah. offense. I like USC to to get a win. It, it it, I don't know that they cover, though. I, I could see it being maybe an 8- to 10-point win, but not 13. Yeah, give me USC. I mean, Lincoln Riley, they have that, he has that offense rolling on all cylinders. I mean, there's no – what's understood doesn't need to be explained. I don't think uh, Washington State, they, I don't think they have the matchups. I don't think they can stop USC's offense. USC's defense, I think they can get just enough stops. Also, didn't know this, USC leads the country in turnover differential. Like – they're creating turnovers, and that's what I'm saying. They're creating turnovers, and they're also taking care of the football offensively. So give me USC big. I think they do end up covering that 13-point spread, though. Yeah, that Caleb Williams, he threw an interception against Arizona State last weekend. That was the first turnover of the year for the offense. So they're that's not sustainable. I'll say that. Like winning the turnover margin yeah. that big and just doing a lot, getting points off turnovers is not a sustainable way to win, but you got to give them credit for yeah. doing it. USC Utah next week. If both these two teams win, you're gonna have a showdown in Salt Lake City. But um yep. last game, this was a game I had circled on the calendar at the beginning of the year. I still think it'll be a good game, uh, especially with Notre Dame bouncing back against North Carolina. They've actually had a bye week, you know. We hadn't really had a time to make fun of or talk about Notre Dame any in the last couple of weeks. So 
BYU, um, I, they almost lost to Utah State last week, and that kind of raised yeah. my eyebrows a little bit because you watched Utah State against Bama. That game was atrocious. They almost – like, I'll put it this way. Utah State almost lost to UConn. Like, that's yeah. – Utah State's not a good football team, and BYU let them hang around far too much. I, I, I'm on Notre Dame here. I, I just – I actually I, – I like them. It's at home. Or, or is it at home? I think it's in Vegas, actually, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, that, that that it's a tricky spot. I think it could be a big bounce back opportunity for BYU, but I, I, I give, give me Marcus Freeman and the Irish here. Uh, give me BYU. Just based off of everything we've seen this season, Notre Dame. I think they're finally starting to let loose a little bit. I mean, they struggled so much earlier in the season. I hope they're settling in, getting comfortable. I want to see Marcus Freeman succeed. Give me BYU. They've just been they've impressed me this year. Last week, yeah, they struggled a little bit. Um, but BYU, I trust them to be able to score the football. I don't trust Notre Dame. I don't know who Notre Dame has other than Mayer, their tight end. I don't know who they have to that can just put up points for them like that. Give me BYU. Yeah, and that'll do it for our show. Um, you know, next week I, I I've just been thinking about we're gonna have Penn State, Michigan, USC, Utah, Tennessee, Alabama, Clemson, Florida State. Miami, Virginia Tech. Uh, we're gonna have yeah. a lot. Of, we'll have a lot of games next week, but it's 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 been fun. Saturday is gonna be a blast. Any final thoughts before we get out of here for the weekend? No, nah, man. Let's just hope the Jayhawks pull it out, man. I mean, everything's been going right for me in the world. I know the world's coming to a better place. We're ending world hunger as we speak because of the Kansas Jayhawks. I hope they pull it out. Well, you were the one that picked against them, so you know, that's <laughs> shame on you. But that'll do it for us. That is Kobe Reed. I am Jackson Caldell. This is the Goal Line Stand. We are out.